Hi everyone, welcome to the next session in the induction program. Uh, this one's about the Holy Spirit. The wonderful thing about this is, for me, this is where the fun of the, the Christian faith is, building your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Now, one of my heroes is a Russian Orthodox saint, a guy by the name of Saint Seraphim. He wrote almost nothing. His story is amazing. And the only thing he ever wrote was one little document on the acquisition of the Holy Spirit. And he basically just says the entire purpose of life, there is nothing else to do except to acquire the Holy Spirit uh, dwelling inside you, this union with God that becomes available to us. So if you want to Google Saint Seraphim, acquisition of the Holy Spirit, it's, you know, it's a translation from Russian. It's, you know, 150 years old or something, but it's a great little article. And I really uh, I recommend that to you. So the Holy Spirit, first thing to say, Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is God. And we can't uh, highlight that enough at the outset. You're talking to the Lord. The Holy Spirit is not some playmate. The Holy Spirit is not your friend. The Holy Spirit is the Almighty. This is the omnipresence of God. This is God. Now, John's Gospel is real clear about this. All of Paul's letters are really clear about this. Who comes and dwells in us. We have a union with God in the Holy Spirit. Christ forgives us through the work of the cross. Heaven opens. We can know God. Now, the amazing thing is God comes and dwells in us. Our spirit comes to life when we meet Christ. It's dead before we meet him. The spirit, our spirit, is that peace that God keeps entirely for himself. So you'll hear the words spirit and spirituality used in a thousand ways. Um, in the Christian tribe, it's got a very particular meaning. Uh, what a lot of people call spirit, we would call sort of soul. You know, all of the great reactions to arts, the high emotion, the, um, the wonderful feelings and all that stuff. Wonderful, I mean, huge part of the human condition. But real technically, not spirit, that's soul. Uh, spirit lies dormant in us until we decide to deal with God on his own terms, at which point by our faith in Christ, that's activated and our spirit lives and the spirit of God comes and lives in us. It's a powerful, amazing thing that you will unpack again, like everything in this program, over the next many, many decades. I've only been doing this since I was 16 and I'm still seriously unpacking this gift of the Holy Spirit in my life Almost on a daily basis, this morning, I was in front of God going, oh, wow, God, this and this. And it's, it's just the most wonderful, wonderful adventure. The Holy Spirit is a person. You have a relationship with him. Even as he dwells in you, you can grieve him. You can get him grumpy with you. You can cause him to rejoice. You can draw near to him. You can draw away from him. This is, this is a personal relationship. And don't get the idea that you can presume on the omnipresence of God. You are in a covenant with God. You have some control in this relationship. You can tell God, I want to hide rather than meet you. Absolutely. And God, as always, will honor that. The promise is, if you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. This should be a growing thing. Bible says we move from faith to faith. From glory to glory, other bits from blessing to blessing. Things just keep getting deeper and richer as we go forward if we cooperate. 
If we don't, well, it's like any relationship. It sort of withers. If we give ourselves to all the things that the other party in the relationship doesn't like, yeah, it, it dies back. So be careful. You're in a relationship with God. That relationship is a relationship in the Holy Spirit who is personal and takes us personally. So <clears throat> that's the, the first thing to say. Um, the Holy Spirit comes to us at the deepest, deepest places of our existence. Uh, one of the images that's used is that he groans with inexpressible sighs for us in prayer. That that deepest place, that deepest yearning of our lives, that's where the Holy Spirit is to be found. So this is, this is not some happy little, ooh, you know, I got the Holy Spirit thing. There are some magnificent experiences in it. But I'm here to tell you, this goes so far beyond our words. It's no, it's no wonder that a lot of people, when they receive the power of God, speak in tongues. The simple reason is our words can't begin to contain the essence of, of who this person is and where he goes inside us. The, uh, the great thing for me in prayer at the moment is to learn again, to pray in silence, because words are utterly inadequate. And it is being to being that I need to learn to relate to God way beyond my thoughts. Because look, my thoughts are so limited compared to the mind of God. I will never achieve the knowledge of God through my mind. It will only happen through my heart, through my love, through my spirit. Okay. And same for you, by the way. Mind matters. Don't get me wrong. God wants your mind renewed. God wants every thought made captive to Christ. Your mind is a critical part of you. And, and your mind is where the, the stuff will process. But the knowledge of God goes even deeper than that, down into heart country. And, and exploring that is, is the most amazing thing. Um, St. Augustine said something smart. He said, uh, all the while, um, you were indwelling me, but I was outside of me. And I was so busy with my mind and my thoughts and my ambitions and this. He said, I never got down to that place of the essence of who I was in my heart. Had I done that, I would have met God. And of course, Augustine did. So it was cool. But um, okay, a couple of things about the Holy Spirit and his mission and ministry to us. Um, first thing is he fills us. He immerses us in the things of God. Every gospel starts with this wonderful statement by John the Baptist, Jesus and there's a lot more to this than I'm going to say now. I'm just going to give you the little headline about the Holy Spirit. Jesus will baptize you in the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus will immerse you. He will send this immersive presence of God into your life. It will wash over you. It will surround you. It will invade you. It will occupy your mind. It will change your heart. It will be that silent presence. It's a a baptism, an immersion in the Holy Spirit. And the cool thing about when Jesus, you know, when John says of Jesus, he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit, the verb tenses are really fascinating. It's not a thing that happens at one point. It's a thing that happens constantly, moment by moment by moment. And you'll meet some Christians as you go who'll tell you when they got baptized in the Holy Spirit. You know, it was back in the 1990s revival in Melbourne, you know. Well, I don't really care less if they were baptized in the Holy Spirit back in the 90s. I'm sort of keen to know what they're doing today because that's what it's all about. It's about our union with God. It's about being immersed in the things of God. 
It's about this passion for the kingdom of God, this love for Jesus, this this obedience to the Father, this joy and power and life and love that just grabs us. Okay, that's what it's all about. And it's about right now. But every gospel starts with Jesus introduced as the one who will baptize you, immerse you in the Holy Spirit. So it's a consuming, all-embracing presence. What does that presence do? <clears throat> Number one, teaches us. The Holy Spirit is absolutely a teacher. He will bring to mind everything that Jesus said. He will remind us of Jesus, lead us to Jesus, teach us, all that stuff. So here's, here's something I'll get, I'll get you to do. Just get fascinated by scripture. Get fascinated by Jesus himself and and get a library of stuff in your head, of scripture, of songs, of, of great thoughts, of Christian reading. Because what happens is you get that library there, the spirit of God can come and just access things. and go, Hey, remember? 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 And as you read the Bible, you're going to find that parts of it just light up to you. You'll be just reading and all of a sudden, boom, there's something there that is just like, that's like dictation from God to me. I don't know how that works with the Bible. It's not like any other book. It's wonderful. We talk about it being inspired and that's, that's part of it. So the Holy Spirit will be teaching you. Now you cooperate with that. Be teachable. Go to school. You know, spend some time in prayer and in scripture every morning. And one of the things that I, I want us all to be doing is learning to pray. And all of us learning to pray every day because it grows. It changes all the time. But spending time in the Bible. Um, there'll be other things about the Bible coming, but there are resources. You can get in touch about that. But the Spirit is a teacher. Cooperate with that. Be at school. Turn up. Okay. turn up to the places and, and ideas and things where, where you might actually find the Holy Spirit able to teach you. Second thing is, the clue's in his name, the Holy Spirit. Holiness means things are set apart for God. Things are, are pulled apart for his purpose. And so holiness, this belonging to God, he will produce that. He'll be, he'll be just changing us as, again, as we cooperate with him. He will be just transforming us that our desires and ambitions and hopes change and we start moving away from the things that are sinful to the things that are joyful and whole and right. We will become the bond slaves of Christ, not the bond slaves of sin. That's one of his goals. His goal is that you should be Christ-like. He gives gifts to us. So much more to be said about that. Won't even go there now. But you are a gifted person. You have natural gifts that you were born with that God made you for. When your spirit wakes up and the spirit of God comes, there's a supernatural dimension to that as well. God is going to break through your life to other lives. Absolutely can't not happen. Okay? You're a gifted person, both naturally and now spiritually. A whole other thing about that. That's the sort of after the induction course thing. But I want to talk about that real soon with you. <clears throat> Wonderful list about the character of the Holy Spirit in Galatians. It says, The Spirit of God is loving, joyful, peaceful, patient, kind, gentle. All this sort of stuff. And as that Spirit dwells in you, as you cooperate with Him, as you confess your sins, as you grow... As your disciple makers teach you, I'm, I'm learning from a guy at the moment so much about some of the tangled up mess that's my mind and how to untangle it. And it just brings to this place of peace 
and quietness of spirit, um, that character of God will start to emerge in you. And it's very nice. It's very, very nice when we actually walk in a peace that is unassailable. I heard stories this morning of, of people who went back to Mao's China, were put in, um, you know, what do you call them, uh, re-education camps, 10 years uh, of brutality. Unbreakable, though. Unbreakable simply because of this presence of God and their own disciplines that caused them to walk with God. And it was a combination of their, their cooperating with God's grace and the grace of the Spirit of God within them. Last thing I want to say is this. The Holy Spirit is Lord. One thing I want to say about prayer now. People tell me prayer doesn't work. By prayer they mean I told God what to do and he wouldn't do what I said. That's not prayer. That's some sort of blasphemy. And we've got to get away from that. Prayer is where I learn a spirituality of being in the presence of God. Of simply being in the presence of God. And answered prayer is not where God does what I said. Answered prayer is when I hear what God want, wants and I say yes. So let's get this, this right. Answered prayer. I answer prayers. My relationship with God just is. So I answer when God